You'd remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 1 through 15. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest, seeking letters to the synagogues in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what you must do. Those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. In Damascus there was a certain disciple named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Yes, Lord. The Lord instructed him, go to Judas' house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias countered, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man. People say he has done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priests who arrest everyone who calls on your name. The Lord replied, go. This man is the agent I have chosen to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. <clears throat> Apparently, I missed a birthday. It's Ann Nelson's birthday on Thursday, isn't it? Happy birthday. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay to text in church. Okay. When it's good reminders like that. Okay, um, this morning we're going to be wrapping up our sermon series that we've been looking at, how we might reset and how we might stay close to Jesus in order to reset our purpose, our values, and, and look at these things through the, the lens or through the idea of God's purpose and values. And so today we're going to be looking at how we might reset our direction according to where God wants us to be. So I want to begin this morning by inviting you to think of a time when you have uh, been moving along, thinking that you were moving in the correct direction, only to discover that you're going in the absolute wrong direction. I personally have many good examples of this, and so I'm only going to give one that's easy. Um, in our family's recent trip to San Antonio, this isn't San Antonio, I should have planned ahead, but whatever. Um, after Christmas, there were a couple of times that we were moving in what I thought was the right direction, only to discover that the right direction led to the wrong direction. And so we often use the road map or whatever on our phones. I don't know how many of you all do that. I think most of us do. I like it because it dings and makes my watch tell me where to turn. But even with that wonderful piece of technology, I have to admit that there's times that I still miss the turn. Or I get nervous and I turn too early. And so then I think we're going in the right direction. And I usually quickly find out that I'm going the wrong way, and we see this on the screen. Now, I don't know about you all, but uh, normally what I do is keep driving while it's doing this, instead of pulling over and waiting, right? Is that what we do? Mindy's nodding. Okay. Um, 
And sometimes we find that while the rerouting thing is going on, we end up a little further out of our way. Or at times we have to double back to get back on the correct path to find the direction we need to go. Basically, I think all of us can think of times when we thought we were headed in the right way, only to discover that the right way was really not the way we needed to be going. See, that's the same for our Christian walk, isn't it? And for what it means for us and what it means for us to, to live out our Christian faith. Sometimes I think we find ourselves in the same position where we think we are going in the right direction or maybe we're on the right path. Maybe we're on the path that we, we know God wants us to be on only to discover that God has said, I've got something different for you to do now. And so it's easy for us, I think, to think through this idea or this story when we think of people that first become a Christian or they become a new Christian or they rededicate their life to that and, and realize that, that there are changes that have to be made. But see, this morning, as we think of this morning's message and the scripture that we're reading, I want you to think about those of us that, that maybe have, have been a little more um, established in our Christian walk. Because I think that's what this morning's scripture speaks to. It's not necessarily those who are brand new to the Christian faith, although it speaks to that, the folks in that situation. It speaks to both, right? But I think it's one that we can look at and see how it speaks to people that, that maybe have been living faithfully, but God has still decided that they need to reset their direction. And so in this morning's scripture reading, we've read the story of two men. Often we read this story and we look at it strictly in, in terms of Saul or Paul and his conversion experience. But both of these men, if you think about it, whether it's Saul or whether it's Ananias, they're both headed in the right direction. They're both headed in the place that they believe God is calling them to be. They're both, headed on, they're both on the path that they believe that God has set them to be on. Both of them are living faithfully, and both of them are going in what I think they would each say was the right direction. But as we read in Acts chapter 9, we discover that for both of them, God had a different plan, didn't he? In order to reset their direction. Both of them were to go in a different direction, which was God's direction. And so if you've read this Bible story before, I think as you read it, you know, for me at least, at first thought, I think of, of Saul's story and Paul because it's his conversion experience. He's on the road to Damascus, you know, and, and all of this happens. But I think Ananias is, is a little less familiar. But I think we can look at both of these and see how both of them were reset. So let's begin with Saul. Saul, known as Paul, later known as Paul, uh, just a, a snapshot of him. He was a faithful Jewish man. He was from the city of Tarsus. Saul spent his, his childhood or his teenage years in Jerusalem studying under the rabbi Gamaliel. Saul tells us that in his own letters to the Christian church. Um, and so in Jerusalem, Gamaliel was recognized as the top biblical scholar of the time. And so every would have everyone would have looked to him, one, to see his interpretation of what it meant to live as a faithful Jewish man. And two, everyone who the who's who were of, of biblical scholars would have sought to sit and listen to him and study with him. And so Saul was someone who had that opportunity. And so I think that first gives us a glimpse that, you know, he was living faithfully. 
Luke also tells us another thing about Saul in his book of Acts, and it says that Saul was recognized in his knowledge of the Torah and his fervor in Acts 9, chapter 1, where it says, he spewed out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So Saul didn't just know the scripture, but he was also willing to do whatever needed to take in order to, to maintain the Jewish faith, right? He was going to defend the faith. He was going to stand up for the faith. He was going to do whatever he needed to do to make sure that he felt it was being lived and practiced in a way that, that was consistent with God's instruction and rule, correct? And so Saul even goes to the high priest. Here's the part I think that, that doesn't register for us because it's just such a different time. But, you know, Saul goes to the high priest in Jerusalem to seek letters of permission to go to the synagogues in Damascus where it says, if he found persons of the way, so followers of Jesus, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to be able to arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem to appear in the temple as prisoners. And so the book of Acts tells us that as Saul left uh, Jerusalem and during the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? After Saul questioned the voice, he was told, I am Jesus who you are harassing. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what to do. I don't know if any of us would think that Saul's conversion experience was nothing less than dramatic, right? The voice from heaven the blinding light, you know, even Saul's companions that were traveling with him on the road were able to, were they able to hear but not see? Let's see, hold on. Oh, I forgot. Oh. A light from heaven. Those traveling with him heard, oh, wait. So those traveling with him saw the light and they heard the voice, but they couldn't see what was happening. And so this dramatic encounter of God on the road takes Saul to Damascus where he discovers that his eyesight is gone. He couldn't see. And so can't we see how his uh, trip or his journey was what he believed God wanted him to be doing in terms of pursuing the Christians, in terms of enforcing the faith, in terms of, of standing up for what he believed in. And he quickly learned on the road that God had different plans for him, didn't he? Saul quickly learned that, that God's plan was for him not to persecute the Christian church, but for him to become a part of the Christian church and to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. He quickly learned that he was no longer to pursue those who were, who were followers of the way, but he was actually to join them and encourage them and teach them and lead them. Saul's change in direction was to go from being one who was to oppose this new movement Instead, to become one that, become one, that be, would become one of the greatest uh, sharers of the gospel of Jesus Christ in his generation and of his time. Okay, so set his story against Ananias's. Ananias was part of the Christian community in Damascus. He was met by God in a li little different way as he himself had a vision. In the vision, God told him, go to Judas's house on Straight Street. There a man named, from Tarsus named Saul is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. Oh, so understandably, Ananias is a little concerned with God's request of him, isn't he? 
Lord, I've heard many reports about this man. People say he's done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priests to arrest everyone who calls on your name. And didn't God tell Ananias to go anyway? He says, I want you to go for Saul was the agent that I have chosen to carry my name before the Gentiles, before kings, and before Israelites. So Ananias' initial direction was to be a Christian, wasn't he? He had converted at some time before Paul or Saul had come to Damascus. He was a follower of the way. He was a leader in the church. His path that he was on would have been to avoid Saul, wouldn't it? Especially when he arrived in Damascus, especially as, as the community was there, Ananias and the Christian community were surely planning to, to lay low and worship privately until they had received word that Saul had departed the city and was on his way back to Jerusalem. What Ananias didn't expect was that God's plan was to reset his direction and to change where he was going by having him approach Saul to seek out the one that was, was pursuing him. And he was to approach Saul with grace and with trust that I think is in no doubt would have been in short supply. See, I think we often read this story and we read it from um, the conversion of Saul and look at that and of Ananias praying over him and scales falling from his eyes. But I think that, that we can look at it in terms of both of these men going where they're going and doing the work of God only to discover that God had different plans for them. Both of them were doing what, what they believed that God had led them to do, God had called them to do. And both of them were put in a place where, where God's calling led them to the path that they needed to be on. And then both of them had to change that path as they discovered that God had different plans for them. And as they both found themselves on paths that they did not expect and they did not believe that God would ever lead them to be on. I know the scripture tells us that, that, Saul, that Saul was blinded, that scales were placed over her, his eyes, but really Ananias was blinded as well as to the possibility of what God could do to him and for him and with him. Saul knew where he was going. He knew what he was doing until God blinded him. Ananias had, had a vision in terms of, of responding to God's grace, but he was blind in how God could use Saul to accomplish his plan and purpose. See, both of these men were not fully aligned with where they believed God's plan and purpose to be. They were aligned with, with where they thought God was wanting them to be. But both of them needed to move in a new direction. For God's purpose to be realized in their life and for God's purpose to be realized in the world around them. Both of them thought they were doing what was right. Both of them were doing what they believed was God's plan for them. And both of them, were surprised when the word of Jesus interrupted their direction wherever they were in order to send them in a different direction. See, when it comes to, uh, to resetting our own direction and hearing the call of God, it isn't always black and white or pro or con or, or as easy as we read in our scripture this morning. 
Like Saul and Ananias, we may find ourselves in places doing what we know is the work of God. We know that, that what we are doing is right. We are seeing fruit from our efforts. We are seeing productivity and, and lives are being changed. But we also may know that at times we might hear the voice of Jesus telling us that, that what we are doing, while worthwhile, is something we need to set aside to do something else. Not because what we're doing is no longer worthwhile. But because God has a plan for us to use our gifts, to use our graces, to use the, the things that He has done for us and through us to touch others' lives and to change the world. Sometimes hearing and, and redirecting our, our direction isn't as clear as, as a blinding light from heaven or the voice of God in a vision. Sometimes it's the still quiet voice of God like we read about in 1 Kings when Elijah was on the mountain and God placed him and, um, and he heard the voice of God. Or Moses when he was on the mountain and you know, God placed his hand over him as he passed by him and God was not in, in all of the, the things that, that Moses saw but God was in the quiet. See friends, following Jesus could be more than us just moving in a new direction. Following Jesus means embracing the grace that God has given us. So that as we do that, the more um, God is revealed. As He shines the light on our path. And He gives us the direction He wants us to go. And as He shows us how we might reset. To accomplish His glory for His plan and for His purpose. For our life. For our community and for our world.